Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The Easter money has arrived, and he'll hop on in and begin today's festivities in a moment. But let me say, if you're the 10th caller at 412-922-1020, you want a $25 gift certificate on this Easter from Sorgles out in Wexford. But right now... Here he is, ready to take all of your gardening question calls. So as the sun is coming up on this beautiful Easter morning, going to be a great week weather-wise. Plenty of time to get out and, well, move some dirt and have some fun in that garden and around your outdoor living space. So if you have a gardening question, you should start dialing now, 866-391-1020. And the 10th caller wins that gift certificate at 412-922-1020. Good morning, Peter Cottontail. How are you, sir? <laughs> Happy Easter. What is your favorite Easter food? Uh, ham. I just, I like ham. I just enjoy ham. Big slices of ham. You can't ham. go wrong with ham. That's, no. that's all about Easter, right? But you know you're getting old when you have to drink water because the salt goes right here. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Right. Give me the water. <laughs> it's like walking down the salt mines. <laughs> you know what's really good, though, is a ham sandwich, just mustard. I was thinking about you the other day. i got to bring this up. So I watch all these food things on the Internet. And somebody made a cheeseburger, instead of using bread, a very meaty tomato in place of the bread. And I oh, thought, wow. I said, Doug <laughs> would be all in on this, so i got to get some tomatoes and try that. All right. Off to work. Beautiful uh, morning. Uh, first there was the bright moon, and now a nice sunrise. Uh, time to get started. And speaking of sorghums, I made a visit there on Friday, and I saw a new product there I'm really excited about. So... Randy and I get to sit and talk, talk about gardening. We always have fun doing that. But uh, his son Cameron, who has been an international commercial grower, uh, is back. And he's got all sorts of cool new ideas. And he brought with him this product. It's called Lost Coast Plant Therapy. And it's an organic control for not only bugs, but also fungal issues. And it deals with them naturally. It will take care of, and this is the big one. This is the one I get so many calls about, fungus gnats, which are those little gnats that come out of your house plants, aphids, spider mites, white flies, thrips, along with boitritis and powdery mildew, which are the two fungal issues, and it's safe for the good bugs. It comes as a concentrate, and the main ingredients are soybean oil, peppermint oil, citric acid. It smells nice when you apply it. And, yeah, you buy it as a concentrate. It's inexpensive. And, uh, boy, especially for, I guess it's selling like crazy for fungus gnats. As I said, I get lots of questions about fungus gnats. And that's basically from overwatering. But <laughs> once you have them, they are tough to get rid of. And then also when I was walking out of Sorgles, they had some lots of really nice-looking flats of pansies. Uh, really looking good. I, I was I was tempted, <laughs> but I already planted some pansies. 
And uh, we actually celebrated Easter yesterday uh, at the Oster household, and I learned about daffodils from my mother. So that goes back to 1967. And for the first time, I was able to pick daffodils with my two-year-old granddaughter. And it was so nice. My son and his wife were there and taking pictures. And we went. I went, wanted to have a nice bouquet for them to uh, take home with them. And, of course, the daffodil season has been one of the best daffodil seasons we've had. Just it's staying pretty cool, and the, the flowers are, are sticking around. And speaking of daffodils, I got an email from uh, Joe Ham down in Washington County, Joe Ham's Daffodil Garden. This is the week it's going to be at its peak. It's free to go down and see it. It's the greatest collection of blooming daffodils you'll ever see. And it's just a magical place. All the information about how to get down there, the phone number uh, is at dougoster.com. Keep an eye open for free compost. Uh, I've got my, some of my informants have been sending me messages saying that they're, uh, the county, Allegheny County, is dumping compost around uh, for different uh, municipalities. And, you know, free is a great price. It's good stuff. Don't worry about it. We have very strict regulations on how hot it has to get. And as long as it gets over 160 degrees, you're killing all those pathogens, killing weed seeds. Uh, and so be on the lookout for your municipality. If you don't know where they dump it, give them a call. Just say, hey, do we have that free compost he was talking about on the radio? And then next Sunday, I am excited. I am going to be at Bedner's Farming Greenhouse out in Cecil. You take the Bridgeville exit off 79. Talking at 1 o'clock next Sunday at Bedner's, spring planting secrets, starting early for garden success. And you know how much I love starting early, and I've got so much stuff sprouting in the greenhouse. Oh, boy, I, I can't even tell you. And I, I actually, for the first time, actually got some poppies to sprout. And so I'm happy about that. This is also supposed to be my year of the foxglove. I've got four or five different uh, containers filled with foxglove seeds. And uh, it, yes, last year was supposed to be the year of the foxglove. I never got the seeds in. And so this year is supposed to be year of the foxglove again. And the first packet of seeds that I tried to plant, I spilled about three quarters of them on the greenhouse floor and could not find them. You know, the seeds are, are dust-like. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully I'll get sprouting there. And exciting news, uh, if you uh, are, have free time in April, two seats just opened up for my Portugal trip. We are leaving April 22nd for 13 days. Yeah, I know. Uh, that's that's right around the corner. But, uh, you know, somebody had a medical issue. The nice thing is about traveling with me is if you book this way in advance, which everybody has for Portugal. I've been trying to get to Portugal since the start of COVID, and it's been canceled twice. But you get all your money back, like you get this insurance. And if something does happen, like, you know, there's a medical issue, uh, you get your money back. But so anyway, I've got two seats open. We're going to go see Lisbon, the Madeira Flower Festival on the Madeira Island, uh, their botanical garden, Terra Nostra Botanical Park, two flights out to the Azores Islands, which are just like the most amazing green spaces in the world, 13-day trip, all at DougOster.com. And I've been getting lots of questions about moss in the lawn. And so let's talk about that for a couple minutes. First off, for people like me, it's love your moss. You know, I, I think moss is really a beautiful thing, but 
Not everybody does, especially in your lawn. And whenever we see moss in the lawn, we assume there's some kind of uh, pH or fertility issue. And so the number one thing you can do, and this, this goes all across the board in your garden, and we talk about it all the time, is get a soil test from the Penn State Cooperative Extension. It's $10, uh, which is well worth it. Early in the season like this, the lab is not busy. You can get that uh, test done. They'll send you back the information rather quickly. And the, first off, you send for the test. They tell you how to do it, how to, where to dig up the, the uh, samples. And the, when it comes back, it tells you your pH, your fertility, all sorts of other information. Then it gives you recommendations on how to, you know, apply whatever needs to be applied to get this soil back up to what it should be. For grass, and especially in an organic lawn, if you get that pH and fertility right, the grass is going to basically outgrow everything. And, you know, and the pH isn't as big of an issue as I always thought it was. You know, I... I interviewed this guy from Davy Tree. His expertise is turf. His name is Zane Radinbush. And we're talking a lot about this. And first off, actually, the best time to be working on your lawn is at the other end of the season, <laughs> is as things cool off into the end of August and September. But you know how that is. You know, you're getting into the season. You want to get your lawn looking good. And so by getting that pH and especially the uh, the fertility right, it's going to make a big difference. Then you're just going to you're going to uh, rake out that moss, reseed with a good seed. That's the other thing too. You know, reseeding is a great idea because the older grass it's just not as uh, uh, vibrant as new seed will do. And if you got spots like that, you know, you uh, get your pH right, which probably usually means uh, applying lime. If your results show you that you need more than five bags of lime, you can get this stuff from a company called Jonathan Green, and it's available at all sorts of local nurseries and uh, True Value hardware stores. And it's called Magical, and it's uh, water-soluble, so it changes the pH a lot quicker. And one bag is cheaper than buying five bags, and you only have to move one bag. So after the break, it's your calls for... Most of the show until Mrs. Know-It-All comes and tells us what not to plant right now. All right, Doug, good stuff. 866-391-1020. Pittsburgh, your generosity amazes us every year. Thanks to all of you who were able to provide over 351,000 meals for the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank through our Giant Eagle Feed the Need Radiothon. Thanks to our friends at Spitzer Toyota, 84 Lumber, Bill Few Associates Wealth Management, Donagy, Namacolin, Aetna Medicare Solutions, Hampton Beer Outlet, and UPMC Life-Changing Medicine for your support. Hey, Larry and Marty looking for hometown heroes. If you know someone doing extraordinary things in your community, we want to know about them. Nominations are now open at kdkradio.com. Larry and Marty's hometown heroes, 100.1 FM and AM 1020, KDK. Lots of folks wanting to talk to Doug on this Easter Sunday, the organic gardener. Let's start off with Kenny in the South Hills. Hey, Kenny, good morning. Hey, good morning. I saw Doug Sattel, S-I-T-T-E-L, on Google in the past 72 hours. All right, thanks for the call. Let's move on, and uh, nice way to start. Let's go to John in uh, Bethel Park, wants to talk compost. Hey, John. Hey, John. Good morning, Doug. Uh, first of all, I want to thank you for the Thursday afternoon classes. But, uh, those are just so enjoyable and helpful. I always learn 
Oh, I appreciate it. I really like doing them. I do these free classes every Thursday at 5 o'clock. They're online. You can find the information at my website. And we do have a lot of fun, don't we, John? And we, it's interactive, we so we, we talk back and forth. And I get lots of tips from the, the students, too. It's really great. And one of the uh, unanticipated benefits was, uh, you know, gardening is kind of an isolated activity. But be a part of a community like that. I just It really helps the you feel like you're doing it together and there are uh, other people involved and you see some of the same faces and you hear some of the same names and <laughs> it's really nice. Uh, really I, pre- I appreciate that. We have a lot of fun doing that. And uh, this Thursday we're talking about, let me try and remember. Oh, growing for kids, growing for kids. But yeah. don't, don't worry. There's lots of good regular garden information there too. And we got a ton of people yeah. from all over the country that, that come on there. And then actually, if you can't see it live Thursdays at five o'clock, they post, a, uh, post it later. Uh, but it's better to do it live, isn't it? When you can talk back and forth. It John? It's fun. It really is. Hey, my question rose out of that last one. You were talking about uh, using pit moss for uh, containers. I'm wondering what's the best way to use pit moss vis-a-vis compost in my containers. Uh, I'm going to take some of the soil out, and, do I, and I'm going to, I was thinking of putting pit moss in, but should I put compost instead? What's the best way to use them? So the, the pit, the, the, of the three or four different pit moss brands, the one, not brands, but varieties, the, the pit moss I love the best is called pit moss plentiful just because it mm-hmm. has, uh, it has organic fertilizer in it. And so okay. I actually use the pit moss straight the pit moss plentiful straight because of the big okay. advantage of it is you don't need to water as much. Uh, it's so mm-hmm. lightweight, you know, again, it's sustainable, but if you wanted to, you could mix it about 50, 50 with compost and without any negatives, you know, and you'd get a little bit more, probably some positives from the compost. Sometimes I'll okay. do that. You know, I'm so cheap, you know, I'll buy a couple bags of pit moss plentiful, but then I'll stretch it out with the compost, the free compost. Mm-hmm. So, I'll find the free compost, uh, you know, in my my municipality is Ross. They always dump it there. Right. And then, yeah, mix it 50-50 and nothing wrong with that. You just, you don't, for containers, you don't want it to be too heavy. And pure compost, mm-hmm. pure compost, when it gets wet, sometimes it can be a little too heavy for containers. And so lightening okay. it up with the pit moss, uh, you can't go Excellent. wrong there. That's a great help. Okay. We will Thank see you, we'll, we'll see you Thursday, John. All right, 866-391-1020. If you have a gardening question, we have lots of space available on the phone lines. Doug would love to talk to you. Mrs. Know-it-all will be here in just about a half hour. Here is Paula Squirrel Hill. Potted tulips is on her mind. She's on KDKA. Hey, how are you, Paula? Good. Good. I uh, I just received the really beautiful housewarming gift of some uh tulips and we were wondering whether we could plant them in our front yard and if they would come up the following year. So you can definitely plant them. Whether they come up or not, I'd give you about a 50-50 chance. But nothing wrong with trying. As soon as they're done blooming, deadhead them, which just means snip just the flower head off. So the bulb isn't spending time making energy, making using energy to make the seeds. And then find a nice spot. You leave the foliage on because the foliage feeds the bulb. Find a nice spot, maybe dig in a little compost, and just put them down at the same depth that they were. Don't get them too deep. And water them in and let them do their thing. And 
cross your fingers, say your prayers, and hopefully okay. you'll get you'll get tulips the the next spring. Uh, you never know. All right. Uh, well, but hopefully the deer won't get them. The oh, wait, that okay. Ho ho. Wait wait. That's their favorite food. Okay. Uh, so well. you, you got to watch that. If you're gonna put tulips out where the deer are, as soon as you see them sprout, have have a a deer repellent ready. Like uh, I use Bob X, uh, Plant Skid. There's all sorts of different ones, but have that ready. But that's their favorite food. And I got lots of lots of stories before I knew any better of growing tulips out there and seeing them just blush with color, and then the next morning all of those flowers gone, and it'll drive you nuts. So you could also put a little like you know basket or something, you know, like a, a fencing or something like that around them too, just to protect them that way. Physical barriers for the deer are always the best way to to deal with them. Okay. All right. Thanks. Happy Easter. Happy Easter and good luck. All right. Before we uh, take some more calls, we got about a minute before the break. What else is on your mind? Then we'll come back and take more calls in the third segment of the Organic Garden. A couple of things. My friend Paul Danik uh, reached out to me, and there's this really cool thing in North Park called the Sakura Project, and it's 250 cherry trees, and they're blooming right now, and it is stunning. Uh, you should go take a look. Uh, in in North Park, just look up that Sakura S A K U R A project, and it's really beautiful. On the twenty second of this month, out across from the Flight ninety three Memorial is a place called the Remember Me Rose Garden. Uh, it's all planted in memory of the heroes of nine eleven, uh, specifically Flight ninety three. They're holding a free rose masterclass. Uh, and it is the garden has been under construction for a long time. And go out there; it's a free rose masterclass. Again, all the information's on at dougoster.com. And you got a minute, Rob, to go on? Okay. Another trip. So I thought Tusc- Tuscany, the second Tuscany, was all sold out. Uh, my travel guy was able to clear ten more seats. Going to Tuscany in October. Two trips, actually. The first one is completely sold out, but they're going back-to-back. You'll fly in and meet me in Italy. I'll meet you at the airport. And it's going to be off the beaten path Italy, uh, where we're going to see, yes, Florence and Pisa, but then all these hill towns after that. And it's just going to be extraordinary, and it's the cheapest trip I've ever been able to offer for Europe. So, again, just go to DougOster.com. Lots of great gardening information there and information about everything that I'm doing. And check out that Sakura project in North Park if you want to see some beautiful blooms. All right, coming up next hour, it's Frank Dentici and I. We're going to be talking more about those great Easter traditions from that ham and everything else, all the fixings, and, of course, some Passover news as well because that will be happening through April the 13th. Coons Cooking Hour, 9 o'clock. We talk about the spiritual well-being of our nation and how it's cracking the core of our foundation. We're going to be talking about that moral compass on this Easter Sunday. Also, it's down to three. Who will be the next chief of police in the city of Pittsburgh? We'll examine that story. And also, 236,000 jobs created last month. Is it enough? And are they the good generational wealth-paying jobs to keep America functioning? Then it's Baird, your money, and you. It's the Masters. It's the Pirates. It's the Penguins. And a new pit basketball coach for the women's team. All of that still to come today. And that, of course, wraps up our day. The Coons Market Black and Gold Sunday show at 11 a.m. on KDKA. Good morning.
All right, here's how we're going to begin this third segment. If you are the 10th caller at 412-922-1020, you win a gift certificate to Janoski's in Clinton. Now, they are closed today because of Easter, but they'll be open bright and early tomorrow morning. So, 10th caller wins a $25 gift certificate to Janoski's, and that number is 866-412-922-1020. Our number is 866-391-1020. And Cynthia is on the line. She wants to talk to Doug right now. Hey, Cynthia, how are you? Hey, good morning, Rob. Happy Easter to both of you. Uh, my question for um, Doug Oster is, is it too premature to cut a um, hedge-like um, bush? Uh, the leaves have not come out, but there's buds on them, and it kind of got out of control as far as height for me. Um, is it possible that I could trim it now? Do you know what it is? Does it flower? Um. Uh, it does not have a flower. Um, as long as it but... does, as long as it doesn't flower, you're okay. you're okay to, to trim it now. Again, you, ha- you the first thing is why do you want to trim it? And we know it's gotten too high, but we usually only want to take away about one third of the plant, no more okay. than that, if possible. Is that going to work for you? That's going to work. Um, it's by my deck, so I have something to measure it by. Um, and the second question I have, is there such a thing as a miniature gladiola, uh, one that doesn't get you know, hmm. too tall, but it falls over? Hmm, that's a good question. I don't know that. I guess we'll have to ask Mrs. Know-it-all if she knows of one. Most of, the oh, gladiola, okay. most of the gladiolas that I know of, they get pretty tall. But the only reason they usually flop over is if they're not getting the sun they want. Are you growing them out in full sun? I am, but um, I just there. Uh, there's a um, kind of a miniature um, daffodil. I think it's called a tete. Yeah, that's a great little daffodil. Yeah, and I was wondering if there was something similar to that in gladiola. You know, I can't remember the name of it, but um, there's another miniature daffodil that I saw at Phipps, and it uses that T E T E as the first name, and the second one is something like B O U. C E something like that. If okay. you and it's really cool. If you like that, okay. li, if you like that little daffodil, this one is what we call a sport from from tet to tet that has double flowers, meaning just big fluffy flowers. Uh, okay. And so you should take a look at that. And you know, let me look around at the break too. I'll look online and see if there's any smaller gladiolas. And then when Mrs. Know It All comes in comes on, we'll talk about that too. So stay tuned and. We'll see if we can figure out a smaller gladiola for you. Okay. Thanks so much, All right. Doug. Thank you. All right. Appreciate it, Cynthia. We'd love to hear from more of you before we get to Mrs. Know-It-All. She's about five minutes away, 866-391-1020. Bedner's. Yeah. Next Sunday, 1 p.m., I will be at Bedner's Farm and Greenhouse, one of my favorite places. 1 p.m., and I'll be presenting Spring Planting Secrets, starting early for garden success. And I hope you're getting started as I said, I have so many seeds started in the greenhouse, but also outdoors, too. I was at the uh, nursery yesterday and at Sorgles on Friday looking around, and, they're, you know, they have all sorts of different plants for us. You know, I put in some, or I'm going to put some bunching onions in today, a purple bunching onion. I can't remember the, oh, burgundy it's called. And i never seen a, a purple bunching onion. Most of the bunching onions that I grow are uh, uh, the white variety, and... Oh, there are dwarf gladiolas. Denise just uh, just texted me. So there are smaller versions of gladiolas. So uh, 
we'll have to figure that out. When the break, I'll see if I can find any specific names. But thank you, Denise. She's she's on it, as always. And also, I just want to talk again about uh, I cleared 10 more seats for my second Tuscany trip. If you've ever dreamed of going to Italy. The other thing cool about this trip is that we're going to off the beaten path, which has always been my dream. But also, you could get a three-day extension to go to Rome. If you've never been to Italy and you wanted to see Rome, uh, that would be a way to do it. Uh, again, you know, I can't stress it enough how incredible Joe Ham's Daffodil Garden is down in Washington County, and it's in its peak. It's absolutely free. And Joe is such an amazing person. He lost his legs to a medical condition, but that has not stopped him from from his obsession with these daffodils. And it's acres and acres of, of all different daffodils, and many of them are no longer in circulation. Now, that's the other thing. At the end of the season, if you go there and you see something you really love, there's a chance maybe Joe will. He has a very limited amount of bulbs that he offers in the fall, but I always buy some bulbs off him. It keeps the garden going, but also allows you to grow unique varieties. And I'm seeing a lot of Joe's uh, Joe's daffodils blooming now in my garden. And what's beautiful is that he has two people that help him, his sister and then Carol, who lived, lives down the road. They call themselves the Field Sisters. And I tell this story all the time because it's my favorite story from from Joe Hams. Uh, Spencer Tracy is this named variety from the 40s, named for a famous actor. And you've heard this story before. Uh, and then <laughs> there was no Catherine Hepburn. And so the Field Sisters said, hey, there's no Catherine Hepburn. And then uh, Joe saw this daffodil blooming that didn't have a name. And so he got it registered as Catherine Hepburn. And so Spencer Tracy is on one bed, Catherine Hepburn's on another, and they're together forever. All right, 866-391-1020. Here's Rose. Hey, Rose, hey, how Rose. are you? What's hey, on your mind? Hey, good morning, guys. How about all my English ivy on my bank? It looks like it's dead. Yeah. And I know that stuff is is so thriving and hardy. And even my neighbors, We one was over, um, a good friend of mine was over yesterday, and hers, the same thing. Is it going to come back, or do I have to do something? Help. Yeah, this is from that cold snap we had in December, and you know we're seeing it with hollies, we're seeing it with ivy, we're seeing it with other shrubs, and so all we can do is wait and see. You know, when we had this last polar vortex, the ivy did come back, but it took a while. And keep an eye on it. If you start to see new growth, there's nothing wrong with throwing a little bit of granular fertilizer down there to give it a little boost, and you know. Ivy's been around in our area for, you know, how long? You know, hundreds of years. And so we have to we have to think it's gonna gonna make its way back, but it's gonna take a little while and it's gonna we're gonna have to wait till things warm up a little bit to see what the results are from that cold snap in December. So just wait and see and if you see any new growth, get a little mm-hmm. garden tone, throw it on there, sprinkle it on there, and then you'll you'll be good to go. It'll take all season for it to come back, but then it'll look like it did. All right, here's Diane. Hey, Diane, you're on KDK. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. <clears throat> I have dwarf boxwoods, which I love. They don't grow fast. I, there's virtually no trimming. However, they do get that bronzing on the top of their uh, leaves. What, what are you supposed to do with that? Just let it 
grow out? Or? So we have to we have to identify what that bronzing is. If it's a could be a leaf miner, uh, could be a, a fungal issue, and so take a little bit of that when it turns bronze. Take a little, put it in a Ziploc bag, and take it to your local nursery. Start there. And see if okay. they can figure it out. Because a lot of times this is leaf miner damage, uh, where, where we see a lot on boxwood. Boxwoods are also susceptible to a boxwood blight, but let's not get ahead of ourselves. Start there. If the nursery can't tell you what specifically what the problem is, because we can't treat the problem until we we specifically know what right. it is. If it, if it, that doesn't work for you, then you, you send it to the Penn State uh, Disease Lab. I don't know if that's the proper plant disease clinic it's free to do okay. that you just send the leaves to the to the plant disease clinic and then they'll tell you for sure but usually your local nursery they they'll you know th- this is cyclical they should know what the problem is and then when we figure out what the actual problem is then we can take steps to to prevent it all right okay so last year i just clipped them off and they came back green, but I don't really know what. Yeah, you know, my, my right. you know, with, without seeing it, my guess is going to be leaf miners. Uh, if you okay. look, if you look at those leaves really close, you'll see little trails in there, and the leaf miner is actually in between the layers of the leaf. And okay. to treat it, you've got to get the leaf miner when it's in its uh, adult stage, which is this kind of like fly-like. Uh, yeah, a little little itty bitty yeah. flying thing, and so you're doing the right thing. You know, when you trim off the the bad stuff, then the good comes back. But I would want to know what it is. Then we could treat the leaf miners, yeah. and you wouldn't have to worry about about trimming it off. Okay, thanks so much. Thanks for your call. All right, let's see if we can do Tom. We got about two minutes. Tom, you're on KDK with Doug. Good morning. Yeah, Doug. Uh, I have my tall rabbits started inside inside they're about three inches tall when is it safe to put them in the garden right now uh you're safe with kohlrabi they they love cool weather you know anything from that family kohlrabi cabbage kale can go out you might sometimes have to give them a little bit of protection if it you know drops down to 10 degrees but for the most part kohlrabi is going to be good to go and you'd rather have them out in the soil younger then wait till they get a little bit older, and so get them out there. That's a that's a gardener's vegetable, there, Tom. Kohlrabi. That's that's the one that boy, uh, my kids still ask me. You know, they're grown and gone. Are you growing kohlrabi this year? Of course, I grow a purple one called Purple Vienna that I really love. That's really winter hardy too. Yep, I like I like Purple Vienna, and I like the yeah, white. Uh, you know. They're, they're big white ones. Yeah. Uh, ha, ha, real quick, how would you explain to people what kohlrabi tastes like? Oh, my. Uh, <laughs> I, I say like a kind of cross between a radish and a cabbage, but that's that's my take, only without any spice. Thanks right. for your call, Tom. All right, Tom, thanks for your call. We'll come back. Mrs. Know-It-All next. And don't forget, we've got that Coons cooking our Frank and I talking all the great traditions of this holiday. And then, of course, some open talk and then Baird's Your Money and You. Then a very busy Coons Market Black and Gold Sunday show today from 11 to 1 on KDK. Good morning. Another week has come and gone, but she's back to have some fun with Doug. That's right. Mrs. Know-It-All, that's horticulturist Denise Schreiber. And before we get to her, uh, she sent me a text saying there's lots of dwarf varieties of gladiolas. And I just looked online, just search dwarf gladiolas, and you'll find all sorts of stuff there, mixes, and it all looks good. 
So, Mrs. Know-It-All, you're teaching a class coming up, right? Yeah, April 22nd, I'm going to be teaching a class at the Wilkins Community Center in Regent Square. Um, we're calling it Grow Your Own Food, Flowers, and Herbs. Um, I will have the registration link up tomorrow. Uh, there was a little problem technicality with the registration link, but I'll have it up tomorrow uh, on my Mrs. Know-It-All page. And you can also email me at plantlikeapro at AOL.com, and I can also email you the link. But we'll have a lot of fun, and I know there's going to be a lot of people that this is going to be their first year gardening, and I'm going to help them along. So April 22nd, where is it and at what time? It is the Wilkins Community Center. It's on Charleston Avenue in Regent Square. You know, it's really easy. It's a couple blocks off the parkway, so it's easy to get to. And it's going to be at 11 a.m. And I'll have door prizes, too, because I always do. <laughs> and we'll have a lot of fun. Oh, definitely. So what else is on your mind uh, this morning? You know, the weather forecast is like, it's going to be balmy. We had that 85 degrees the other day, and everybody, you know, including me, was out in shorts and doing stuff out in the yard. It's still too soon to go out and start planting. Uh, I think tonight we're going to be 32 and clear. And that's ideal conditions for a frost. So right now, the best thing you can do, unfortunately, is go pick weeds. You know, don't even turn your soil yet. I know everybody's anxious. You can, uh, one, the best time to plant is when your soil is at least 55 to 60 degrees. Uh, peppers like it closer to 70. So when when I do you put your peppers in? I actually grow mine in deck boxes because they're always warmer. So mine will go in probably uh, around Mother's Day, but they'll be in the box, which is always warmer as opposed to in the ground. So my suggestion is you can get a soil thermometer. I don't care about those ones that test your pH because they're not accurate. Mm -hmm. But a soil thermometer is the best way to know if your soil's warm enough. And you want to kind of, you know, poke it in a few places in the garden just to make sure you haven't gotten a, a, a freak reading. Or you can use an instant read thermometer that you can get at uh, some of the hardware stores. You can get that. Uh, you don't use one that you're going to use on your food. That's the only thing I'm going to tell you. <laughs> and that'll tell you how warm the soil is and if it's ready to be planted. And if we've had a rain the night before and it was still cold, I would wait another day to take that reading just because, you know, the, the rain is going to be cold, the soil will be cold. You know, I'm not seeing a lot of worms yet coming up. I've seen a few, but pretty much they've been hanging out a little deeper than we normally see them. And again, I can remember having a terrible killing frost Memorial Day weekend mm -hmm. that it killed trees and shrubs. So I know we've had a mild winter. You know, we can't complain about that, but it's still too early. We will still have a few frosts. Yeah, for sure. Well, don't get lulled into a sense of false security with that warm winter wait, as Mrs. Know-It-All says. Now, next Sunday, I'll be at Bedner's Farm and Greenhouse, 1 p.m., Spring Planting Secrets, uh, as always, I'll answer questions after the show at DougOster.com. 
can also get all the information on those free online classes I was talking about with John. Uh, every Thursday at 5 p.m., I do a free online gardening class. We have a lot of fun. And as I said earlier, if you happen to be available <laughs> on April 22nd and for 13 more days, I just had two seats open up for my trip to Portugal. It's just going to be amazing going to the Azor Islands, seeing all these gardens. It's just going to be amazing. And then also that second trip to Tuscany, that is an inexpensive way to get to Italy. And 10 seats opened up for that second trip. Now, I got two trips. I'll be in Italy already when you come for that second trip. I'll meet you at the airport. And and when Mrs. Nona was talking about waiting for that soil to warm up, she's talking about all the tender crops, your beans, your tomatoes, your peppers, all sorts of stuff like that. But you know me, I'm all planting all the lettuce and radishes and beets and Swiss chard and all that sort of stuff. So remember, organic gardeners, you make our world brighter and safer with each seed you sow and every garden you grow. So what did your beautiful wife prepare for you day two? Oh, man, you won't believe it. Uh, the one thing that I, I hadn't saw before was like it was a puff pastry with uh, with spinach and cheese and stuff in it. That was really good. You know, this is a two-day event now for us. <laughs> uh, ham made in the uh, crock pot, which we never did that before, and that was really good. Uh, of course, you got to have deviled eggs, Rob. I know. you got to have deviled eggs. There's a little devil in all of us. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I'll tell you another thing I've been really getting into again, and I don't know if it's because of the uh, the wonderful St. Patrick's Day tradition of planting peas, but, man, I... I've like been eating peas like three or four times a week. I love peas. You just eat them on their own with a little bit of butter? How do you eat them? Right out of the can, baby. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, Please. Man. Oh, yeah. Not right. canned peas. Oh, oh yeah. no. Oh, you I need have a garden. What yeah, frozen do? peas. Frozen peas are better. It takes too long. Oh, come on. The Green Giant and I go way back. Ho, you, ho, you know, ho. for uh, when my kids were little for teething, we would give them a, a frozen pea, and it would just, it would. <laughs> what a great idea. Yeah, it would numb up, the, and it would, you know, melt in a minute. I still can't get into cream corn, though. Oh, come on. I know. Oh, I've tried. Man. It's early. You never know. But you know what I think the traditional vegetable is for Easter? Asparagus. Oh, yeah. We had asparagus yesterday, too. Did so. you? All right. Yep. Well, listen, always a pleasure. Enjoy the rest of your day. Have a happy Easter with happy your Easter, family. Happy Easter, And coming up, it's Frank Dentisi and I. The Easter ham and that great tradition and, of course, some Passover information because Passover is going to be with us until April 13th as well. Coons cooking our moments away right here with your Pratt Pack on KDKA Pittsburgh. Rob Taylor next with the news at 8. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.